2: Hey everyone, welcome to The Final Four is Not on the Schedule. I'm your host Eric alongside with expert analyst Rod. Thanks for joining us on The Best MSU Basketball Podcast featuring an in-depth recruiting, game matchup and post-game analysis. We dive deep to give you the best tools to enjoy the Spartans and impress your friends and family. Hey everybody, it's Eric alongside Rod. We're here to talk about Michigan State's 77-61 loss to the Purdue Boilermakers in West Lafayette this afternoon. Uh, before we begin, I just want to shout out a thanks to Bryant Bullen who's our newest Scott Skyle supporter on the Patreon page. Uh, thank you so much for support. It means a ton, obviously, and we're doing a lot of work here, and so we appreciate that you appreciate us. So if you want to be one of those who supports us either on a monthly recurring basis, you can find links to there or one-time gifts. It's also possible on our support page, so you can find that by going to the final four slash support or tfinots.com slash support. There you can find ways to support our show. I also, I'd like to hope you support our sponsor, Nudge Printing, set up by a couple of MSU alums, Gabe and Brittany. They produce all kinds of t-shirts and car decals, cornhole decals, all sorts of things you need for your tailgating and for going to the games. Uh, it's all produced in Michigan. It is high quality stuff, screen printed apparel. Uh, my sweatshirt is great. I finally got it clean. So those of you who were, I'm not sure anyone was worried about that, but it got it, came out clean. It's still nice, as soft as it was before. Really high quality stuff. The t-shirts are great as well. Uh, nice vintage, vintage licensed um, images that you can get, Gruff Sparty and those sorts of things, and also kind of new things like Tuck Common and, you know, whatever it might be that you're looking for. So all sorts of options there, along with other schools. And we'll talk about more Nudge Printing stuff in the coming days. But anyway, go to Nudge Printing. Listeners of this show can get 20% off your offer by entering the code FINAL4 at checkout. All right, so let's talk about this game. 7761, Michigan State falls to Purdue for the second time in a couple weeks. This one is not nearly as close as the first contest in East Lansing. It was 18 points at half, although you could almost argue it was 20 points as Tom Izzo got teed up as they're heading to the locker room, arguing one of the calls at the end of the, at the end of the half. I think it might've been Blake Hall's it was, it hit the screen or was a or Mati Sissoko's movie screen. I don't know. It was, it was a
0: terrible call that shouldn't have been made. Yeah, it was, it was pretty terrible. I mean, not just bottom line. It was an awful call. He was, he was moving if, if if the rule is just for the record, so people understand if the rule is your, your feet have to be, if you're setting the screen, no greater than the width of your shoulders. And one of those two feet is in the air and not planted because you're sliding and that counts. (laughs) <laughs> By the way, not the foot, not the side of his body that actually made contact either, I will note, um, then yes, it's an offensive foul. If
2: that was the rule, then there would be almost no legal screen set. I mean, Zach, because you can't possibly really have your feet inside your shoulders. It's almost impossible in ba- to have an athletic positioning for a basketball screen. It's, I mean, not impossible, but it's pretty hard. Um, all right, so... Uh, as far as summary of the game, I mean, it was it was not close. Michigan State got it back down to ten, and when Purdue had Edie on the bench, they were a very pedestrian team. Michigan State was able to attack them and pretty easily and score kind of kind of whatever they wanted. Oh, and, to. and
0: let's stop it. Let's stop it. Let's okay. stop it there for a second. That is reality. Um, it's something Jack Ebling made this comment to me, and I think in late December, He said, and he's absolutely right. He said Purdue is one Zach Edie knee injury away from being an NIT team. Now that might or might not be slightly hyperbolic, but it would only be slightly. You, you saw in this game, I mean when that kid has it going well, that he, he changes. I've used the term that he's, he's a, a center of gravity in every game he plays in. Well, this was another example, yeah. right? Um, he just changed everything. Everything. And you're right. MSU made that run without them. They actually were down ten and had a chance to cut it into single digits. And I can't remember somebody had a corner three that they missed. Um, but that was it. That was the end of competitiveness because from there, Edie came back in and Purdue reasserted control. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was not really. It wasn't really close.
2: And you kind of knew it was. It was going to happen. Because uh, they have people, who, role players who are hitting threes, you know, kind of bouncing in. Morton opens up with that three, where he was terrible against Michigan State. Um, you know, he didn't end up hitting another one, but yeah,
0: that was that was an early, very, very <laughs> yeah. negative sign when he when he just stepped into that three and nailed it. Because you're right, that's game plan. Yeah. Game plan is you help off him, you let him take threes. He happened to hit it you know okay yeah and then you have
2: um jenkins hitting three of four from three as well two of those were bounced halfway out and back down in i
0: mean you know it's
2: yeah what are you gonna do sometimes you and and we had talked about this before when it comes to picking your poison with you can double him which was marginally successful in this game you can try and front him you can try and get behind him push him off his spot he was just kind of just doing what he wanted in there and and you gave up the threes and then they were hitting them too i mean not a, like a, a blistering clip, but they had enough of them to to keep Michigan State honest and left you with really no no options defensively.
0: Well, I, I would say this. Um for a team that shoots under 33 percent for the year to go seven for 17, 41 <laughs> yeah. percent, that, that's you know that's a positive. Um, but look, this is <laughs> I made these comments during the game in different places on Twitter and the Spartan magboard This is this is what happens at Mackey arena far more often than not. It's just the nature yeah. of it. You know, um, they're going to have, you're going to shoot poorly. You're not going to get the benefit of calls and, and calls. Didn't decide this game. They were just the cherry <laughs> on top. Um, and the, the one we, the one we mentioned against Malik call and, you know, again, the Zach Eady foul counter. I can't believe he actually got yeah, a foul pretty amazing. Yeah. In this game, but uh but uh and then Purdue's gonna have guys who don't hit shots hit shots. I've seen this happen. If you go back Cassius Winston senior year, a very mediocre Purdue team absolutely obliterated Michigan State by 29, made today look like a cliffhanger, <laughs> and they did it in part because a lot of guys who couldn't shoot hit shots. Yeah. It just it's part of the deal. I, man, I go back. My first vivid memory of Purdue is 1979, watching Arnett Hallman beat Michigan State with a jumper at the budget at the buzzer. I've said it. Name your Michigan State superstar going all the way up to and including Magic Johnson, and they've taken losses in this place. It's just how it is, and and I will give Purdue credit for this, certainly. I, you know, we've mentioned this Purdue team has really been skated by. They've been winning a lot of games, much closer margins than they should be. Um, it feels like they're due for a, yeah. for a whooping. I do believe mm-hmm. that still today was clearly not that day. Give them credit, give Matt painter credit for focusing on a team that if they did come out and play poorly is capable of beating them. And, uh, they just weren't going to let that happen today. Zach Eady wasn't going to let that happen. Their terrible jump shooters decided they weren't going to let that happen. Um, you know, credit defensively. Yep. I thought they were great. Um, you know, they thoroughly deserve the win. Don't get me wrong. It's just, it's a combination of a good team playing pretty near. I'd say pretty near their peak. I don't think Purdue's got a lot more in the tank than you saw today. I mean, honest to God, I don't think they do. I don't know what it is that you would point at and say, well, you could do this better. Probably not. Um, and, uh, and then you add Mackey into it and this is what you get.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, when it, you know, looking at this game, I'm thinking to myself that it's a game that you're, you're not going to get very often. And as Michigan say, you're going to get everyone's best punch in general you know, they're going to, even if when you're not having a, a great team. And yeah. so you're not going to catch Purdue off guard. Like, you know, you could argue maybe that's what happened to Rutgers or, you know, somebody that another team might get him.
0: They're not, they're going to be their best. And, and particularly coming and, and particularly coming off the first meeting where Michigan State outplayed yeah, them in right. my view. Yeah, I mean, that first game, Edie
2: had to play 36 minutes to keep and Purdue won by a point. And that was without Malik Hall. You know, if Malik Hall is playing that game, is it worth a point somewhere? I probably somewhere like that. He wasn't, he wasn't forced to play as much. Well, I think
0: even, even take, take that out of the equation, Michigan state outplayed them. They were the better team that day. In my opinion, they didn't get rewarded for it, but the thing is, that's going to catch your. Attention. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. You're probably going to be a little more, besides the fact that it's Michigan state, you know, and, and th- that's going to always grab an opponent's attention um yeah i i think it ensured that purdue was was not going to come out dragging
2: so zach E D scores 38 points he has virtually half the points for purdue's 77 he's on 15 for 24 from uh and eight for 12 from the line 13 up rebounds eight of them offensive i think he had four of them and just that one last position with i don't know it's like under two minutes where they put him yeah. back in the game it's kind of strange when they're up 16 uh the only other Purdue Boilermaker with double digits scoring was Jenkins with 11 with his three for four from three, you know, (laughs) I mean, uh, lawyer had nine. He was played pretty good game Uh, again. You know, uh, Braden Smith looked pretty, didn't look very good. First didn't do anything. Gillis had one three and that was it. And Morton had just that, uh, he had that early three and then he had a split of pair of free throws and hit a a field goal later. Uh, You know, they, Michigan State again, without E, and again, this I in some ways I'm like, well, you know, without Michael Jordan, the Bulls are, you are know, not as good. So yeah, I, it's hard to say that a little bit, although it is it was striking to me how easy they were to sort of attack and defend against without Edie. I mean, it was like it was like a totally different team with just one guy missing.
0: Yeah, and and that's you know, when when you have when you have a guy that big, it, it's impacting not just offense not just defense, not just rebounding, all of those things. And, and it just, it distorts you defensively in ways that no other player can. I mean, this is, you don't see it in the NBA anymore, but you do still see it in college. The effect that a great big man, particularly a huge big man can have on a game. And this was exhibit a for that look. I, I always amusing isn't strong enough of a word. Um, find the uh, reaction from certain dip corners of the Michigan State fan base that like to use the word stubborn in regard to Tom Izzo. Well, you need to find a new word after <laughs> this game because Michigan State threw everything and the kitchen sink—not but the kitchen sink—they did throw the kitchen sink too at Zach Edey. They tried every which way to guard that guy and nothing worked. He played through all of it. So that, and, and, and when you have to do that, when you have to try all of those different things, that in and of itself exacts a toll on your players. It really does. I mean, I think it was Jay Wright made mention of the fact that I can't remember who it was, but Michigan state was sending somebody, one of the guards down to try and, and harass him dig down and he was saying um you know what's tough about this is you're asking guys to do so you're asking a guard to do something that they're not used to doing and while michigan state does their guard it's part of the program you know guards digging down um in as a general statement i think it was correct because you've got msu doing things they don't do right You know, they just don't do it very much. And, and you couldn't really get, you know, people always think about rhythm as an offensive concept. Sometimes it can be a defensive concept too. And I think that was the case in this game. MSU could never get into a defensive rhythm because Zach Eadie was so dominant and they kept trying to have to do different things that they never found a, 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 other than when he was off the floor, right? they never found a rhythm.
2: I, you know, I think. It's probably fair too to give a lot of credit to Zach Eady because he has transformed his game in the last three years now. He is so smart with the ball. He can he recognize double teams. And yeah, he's a gigantic person and he has advantages that no one else does. But he's able to utilize them and and you and and take advantage of people because of his size and then you're seeing over people he doesn't bring the ball down when he rebounds he keeps it up and so you might have tyson walker dig down but he's really digging up right i mean he's like 16 inches shorter than this guy right. and the guy's got the ball almost over his head oftentimes there's not much you can do if you're tyson walker or many of the guards and that's just to a credit to to zach Eady. and i found it funny on twitter just following the mission state reporters they're usually not very um uh, forgiving, I guess, for Michigan State, you know, with the calls and stuff. But they were even, like, ridiculing the lack of calls in general. And I don't know. It's hard. It's Big Ten's physical, and you should expect that. And, I'm, again, I don't think that affected the, the outcome of the game significantly, whether you call a couple of fouls on ED or not. But it, it makes him just a lot more difficult to cover. And when he's, you know, blowing people up with his screens, sliding around still when he's moving. I mean, I don't know. It just, it just makes it hard for to, def- to sort of play against the, that sort of, you know, that game.
0: I buy, I buy the fact and people always used to say this about Shaquille O'Neal, that he is almost impossible to officiate because he's so huge. The contact he takes and the contact he creates is so out of the norm that it's difficult to officiate. And I'll buy some of that with, with Zach Edie, but you know, it's also fair to point it out, you know, the Zach Edie foul counter is legitimate (laughs) in my mind. It's something that and and that doesn't take away from his being a great player, but let's call a spade a spade. If the I'm not talking about um the fact that Zach ED7-4 and so he's going to be able to get to some balls on offensive rebounds that before anybody else can. Yeah. You know, that that's all fine. But if you're gonna allow him to set moving picks, or where he's not stationary, if you're going to allow him to occasionally climb over people's backs, um, if you're going to allow him to use his, his off arm to create more space for himself, that's, that's a problem. And, and I don't know what can be done about it because again, I think officials just have, I mean, this is a classic one. We'll go on the officiating thing. And then again, I want to, we've been taught, it feels to me like we've been talking about officiating more than I I want to, but, but this is a global point. And and I want to emphasize officials did not cost Michigan state this game today. We're talking about this as a problem in a wider aspect. John Higgins is one of the guys on that crew today for, so a noon tip or 1215, you know where he was last night. He was working a game on the West Coast that started at 10 p.m. Eastern. Are you kidding me? This has got to stop. This has been talked about for several years now, and I don't blame the officials. This is one instance where I don't blame these guys. The, The NCAA and the way it handles officiating in basketball has incentivized the idea of officials working as many games as they possibly can, because that's how they're paid. And so if you're an official and you want to maximize what you get financially out of this, you're going to take every game. They're going to assign you, you know, and Higgins in this instance, he's a well-respected yeah. mm-hmm. official as I understand it. So I, I get it, but I also understand the limits of human beings. That this has got to get stopped. They have they have to get their arms around this, and this would be one of the things that I was actually. And I don't know where things stand. It's been kind of quiet for the last several months on this front, but it's one of the things that actually does excite me about uh, power schools leaving the NCAA and forming their own institution, because I think at least then maybe there's a chance that the sport will get its arms around its officiating problems. And it starts with that. It starts with that. You, you blow this thing up and you come up with a new system, whether it's these guys are salaried, they're assigned to one conference and that's what they work. So there truly are big 10 officials, ACC officials, et cetera, something, but this stuff isn't working. That guy Again, no fault of his, because if the system's going to allow him to do it more power to him, but there's no way in hell from an objective point of view, that guy should have been working this game. Yeah. None. Um, bringing it back around to Zach. Eaton, um, uh, yeah, I, 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 and the difficulty in officiating him. I just, I don't know what I expect to change. I think the, the fascinating thing to me and I was thinking about this during the course of this game is honestly, what happens with Zach Eadie? Because if he declares, I'm not positive. He even gets right. drafted. I mean,
2: I think he's coming back. That's my assumption that he'll be back next year.
0: Well, that's the thing. Does he come back? And, you know, uh, there are certainly equations now with NIL that you could under you could you could see your way to it perhaps making some financial sense to do so to come back um because he's gonna I think he's gonna be national player of the year and uh and we saw one come back yeah from last year to shapeway at, at Kentucky now it hasn't worked out well right for him. his stock has not improved he's not gonna win it again and his team isn't playing particularly well so there's no guarantee that it goes even better or even the same for Zach Eady next year, but my God, I am done with this. I don't want to see another year of this. (laughs) It, It just distorts. And again, not his fault, not Matt painter's fault, but it just, it's, it becomes such a weird game and not a particularly fun one to watch. I'm not even talking about winning or losing. I mean, Michigan state played very well and should have won that first game. And even if they had won it, I wouldn't have been saying, well, that was fun. It's just, I don't know. It, it's, it's not, it's not something I look forward to. And that's totally apart from, you know, what it means for Michigan state against this particular team. If he comes back, um, I just, I don't, I don't like, I don't like the aesthetics of it, but whatever, we're not here to win beauty contests. Or winning no, basketball if, he's on games.
2: Our, if he's on, you know, your team and you're winning your 21 and one, I mean, Right. Oh, you yeah, Your sure.
0: thrilled. I don't fault. I, no. Again, I don't fault. But I'm just talking about it in an objective sense. It's not. It's not fun. I I will say this: during the peak Shaquille O'Neal years, when he was in Los Angeles, when he was in Orlando, it was a little different. But when he was in Los Angeles, I didn't think that was fun or entertaining basketball to watch. It just mm-hmm. wasn't. I mean. He did. He. It was similar in a sense to this. He doesn't extend out on the floor because he can't. That's why they literally. That's why they call it shacky. (laughs) (laughs) Drop playing the drop coverage on pick and roll. You know, so he's not moving. He's just. He's impossible to officiate consistently, because he's such a freak, and it's just you know a big guy turning and dropping the ball through the rim. It's not fun. It's if it's your team and the, and the goal is to win great. But for everybody else, I'm even talking as a neutral fan watching Purdue this year. I don't think it's entertaining, but that's a, again, there's no, it's just a comment. There's there's nothing really to do about it. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, the, the risk is. You come back for another year and yes, there's NIL in the the picture. And yes, you could get insurance policies, but you know, anybody who's seven foot four, I think it's pretty remarkable that we're almost three years into his career and he's yet to be hurt. Yeah. Like substantially. That's a risk too, that I would think people have got to be thinking about, but anyway, that's, that's for next, that may be a for reflection too.
2: the fact that he has not played basketball that much too, that he has not had the same wear and tear and, um, you know,
0: well, they made that, they made that comment on, on, uh, I think it was on the pregame today on CBS. And that's, that's a fair comment and it might be what's yeah. helping why you haven't seen him with, you know, chronic foot injuries, which is usually a, a big problem for guys that are well above you know seven feet and taller that tends to happen. You haven't seen knee issues of any substance, you know, but every, you know, it's like they say about running backs now, you know, you've only got so many hits in a human body that you (laughs) can take, you know, it's, it's true, but I, I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to see, but for this year, at least he's just, he changes every game he's in in massive ways. And, um, you know, Michigan State was just not able to do the things they needed to do to be competitive. Yeah, and
2: the key one. with him, too, I think, overall, is the fact that he is so good from the line. And that, is, that really makes it – it leaves you, it it leaves helps, you very yep. few options for how to, to slow him down. Uh, well, let's talk about Michigan State a little bit uh, since uh, Hogart had 20 points and 6-10 from the field. He was 1-2 for 3, 7-9 from the line. Uh, he had six assists and only two turnovers. I thought he played pretty good. We we expect he, maybe he could play better, but you know, I thought he played a good game and I think we needed him to play a good game, but you know, obviously not enough with, with uh with what Purdue had.
0: Well, I, I would, I would say this. Yes, he did some good things. And I think, I think it did represent a bit of a bounce back game for him, but only a bit, you know, I, I'm looking at the offensive numbers and, Michigan State actually shot the ball well today. They were 48% overall, 50% from three. But uh, 14 turnovers was a problem. But I would submit that Michigan State was very stagnant today offensively, which belies saying that doesn't really line up with those shooting numbers, but I still think it was true. I didn't think the offense flowed well at all. Give Purdue a lot of credit for that. Purdue was much more aggressive on the perimeter today. MSU only got 10 attempts from three. That's not winning basketball for them. Um, Give Purdue a lot of credit for that. But also Michigan State did a lot of standing around. And historically, when that happens, it's going to be tough because that means they're not getting, if men aren't moving, the ball's not moving. And. And. I didn't think Michigan State's offense flowed at all today. And, you know, I'm sorry. A lot of the responsibility for that falls on the point guard. He's got to be a better leader. And part of that is getting your guys into sets, getting them moving. If they're standing around, getting in somebody's face, changing that, changing that dynamic. And so that's where I've still got issues with A.J. Hogarth today. It was better. He, he played better. The things he did himself, looking to get to the rim, better. Finishing plays, better. He was good at the line, and he got to the line a lot better. But that's not what's going to make Michigan State a, a significantly better team. Or, or at least it's not the entirety of it. It's part of it. He has to make his teammates better. and you know, six assists sounds good. I didn't think he made his teammates better today. Yeah. And to me, that's the most important thing he's got to do. And it's a thing he's fully capable of doing, but I didn't think he did it well enough today. So to me, step forward. Yes. Great game. No. Uh,
2: You know, as far as the five spot, the bunch of people complaining online about Sissoko or he's been passed by Cooper. I mean, Cooper is definitely a little bit better resistance against Edie. Maybe, uh, Defensively, just because he's got a couple inches, but I don't know. I mean, Edie really kind of did whatever he wanted to with whoever was out there at that point.
0: It wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna matter. I give Carson Cooper credit. I thought Carson Cooper played hard and I thought he had his moments. Um you know, I one thing that's frustrating to me is uh, you know, Michigan State got two two dunks at the rim for Maddie and that stuff is there far more often than I'm surprised going to it. Yeah. They got to find a way they got to find a way. And, and in this game, again, cause Edie can't move. Yes. He's seven, four, but he can't move. If you can get him 15, 16 feet from the bucket, there's a good opportunity that you might have to get those plays loose. Again, reading, reading things, point guards. That's where I go back to, uh, any complaining about the five. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Today. I, I have no time for yeah. it. I don't care. You
2: know, then I guess the other thing is Hauser. They talked about a lot during the broadcast, you know, how Joey only had uh three points, just the one for one for one from three. And then he missed a couple um, mid range jumpers in the baseline early. In the I don't remember his last one. They missed in the second half, but anyway, he played 30 minutes, six rebounds. Uh, you know, he had, or five rebounds and just the three points. I They said he wasn't looking for a shot. I, I don't know. I think the, De- Purdue was guarding him well, but you know, maybe that's a little bit of that stagnant sort of part, uh, part of the, the whole offense.
0: It's a combination of two things. Yes, Purdue guarded him very well and they were focused on him. Absolutely. Uh, but Michigan State was stagnant. I thought Joey looked like he was moving in quicksand for long segments of this game. Um, and what I mean by that is he wasn't moving offensively. So what changes that, you know, some of it look, I think that, and I'm going to probably shock people by saying this, but I'm and we'll see if I'm right or not. After a day like today, Michigan state's about to go on a run. Uh-huh. I believe that I don't mean they're going to sweep the next nine games, but they're about to go on a run. And primarily, I believe that because of two things, one, they've got their full complement of players back, but two the schedule is going to be much yeah. different going forward, not just who they play. Although part of it is that you're done with the one team that's beating everyone. <laughs> yeah. So that's off the table now, but two, the schedule itself, meaning the number of days you have between games, the pace of these games that's done. Um, I thought Joey maybe, looked like the the minutes and the frequency of games maybe caught up to him Mm -hmm. a little bit today i'll go with that absent any other explanation like maybe being a little sick or something um but he just looked yeah he didn't look himself but again give credit to purdue for quite a bit of it but then that's also the other part of the equation is i didn't think joey was active at all and and one thing that that the broadcast team would, by the way, were great. Oh yeah. um, That, uh, that they said, that's absolutely true is if you're not getting a lot out of Joey Hauser, it's a lot harder for Michigan state to win. Sure. Yep. Simple as that. And I,
2: you know, the other, I was impressed with, with Tyson Walker. Yeah. He only finished nine points, four of 11 from uh, shooting a couple steals, a couple assists, uh, four rebounds. But I was really impressed with, just how his game has changed so much from last year. I mean, you really saw it eg- exemplified this game where he's remained aggressive throughout the game. He, all the way to yep. the end, he was always looking for a shot, but you know, yep. not taking crazy shots, but he was always, always hunting. And that was impressive. Yep. And the other thing too, it would be Malik Hall. And that again, he's, he, I'm very confident that he not only looks like Malik and they limit his minutes, I think largely because the game is out of hand with, he only finished with 21 minutes this game. Uh, but he looked good from three. He was one for two. He was three for six of the field. He has that ability to get his own shot. He had that terrible offensive foul call <laughs> early in the second the first half. Um but overall he looks really good. And that's and and I agree with you. I think they are due for a cup a big run in, like they had that run before the Big Ten season, sort of the second the restart came. I think we're about to see that. And I think he's largely a part reason why that now the minute allocation is gonna be a little bit better for this team. And, and he's, and he looks okay. Just like Akins looks okay.
0: Oh, I think, you know, if you were going to point to the guy who had the best day out of anybody on Michigan State's roster today, it was Jaden Akins. I mean, he's, yeah. he's the one guy who over the past, you know, two weeks or so has just answered the bell every time out. And, and he was good again today. You know, he's, he's making plays that he was struggling to finish earlier. And and scoring in a variety of ways offensively, not just one way, which is also important. But yeah, that, that's that's what I mean. I think Michigan State is getting their full complement of players back, so that's going to change the minutes allocation. And then the fact that they're going to be able to have more rest and also to have more time to actually practice is going to help. I mean, we're you know we're going to talk about it. I'm sure that there might as well now. You know after today, they don't play again till Saturday, yeah. in Madison Square Garden against Rutgers. That's great. I mean, this is an opportunity. this is an opportunity for this team to get better to get a little more gas back in the tank and set themselves up for a strong finish. and I think I do really, really believe the opportunity for that is there. It's all right there. Um, and I think they're I think they're in position to take advantage of it. so Uh, Again, it might strike people as counterintuitive coming off a game where you really weren't super competitive. Um, But uh, I do think it's coming. Yeah, I I, really do.
2: The only thing about Aiken's game that I'm a little bit concerned with and he needs to clean up a little bit is he tries a little bit too hard when it's not there to try and dribble into favorable. You know, he over dribbles, I think, trying to beat people off the dribble and he dribbles off his feet. He's done that a couple of he has three turnovers today. He had four he, last game. He did game. have the
0: one today. He did have the one today. And he's thrown right, two and out but, of bounds.
2: So I, there's a couple of things he needs to clean up. But otherwise, I I do agree with This game. Yeah, it's more dynamic. I, I,
0: look, he's he's making shots that he wasn't. And I'm not just talking about threes. He's making shots that he wasn't making earlier in the year where I felt like he just wasn't fully back in terms of his, his conditioning. And I think he's been better defensively. Look, um, You know, Purdue's starting guards didn't do a lot of damage in this game. They got, you know, production out of guys you don't expect it from, but, um, Jaden Aikens was part of that. Uh, going back to Tyson Walker, though, one, one thing I think was a little different, I don't recall, I'd have to go back and look to verify this, but I don't think Ethan Morton was on Tyson a ton in that first game. They might have moved him there at a certain point, but by then Tyson had it going. Yeah, he was he matter. got
2: moved on to him late. In the, uh, I want to say like halfway through the second half, he started guarding Tyson. Yeah.
0: They had him on him today, I thought, most of the game. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that had something to do with limited, because whatever you want to say about Morton as a shooter, he is legit defensively. I mean, he's the one guy in that perimeter group that I look at and say, well, that's, that's a that's a standard issue, Matt painter, defensive player. Yeah. I mean, he's really good and he's long, um, you know, six, five, six, six, whatever he is that I think gave Tyson some trouble today. And the problem is, you know, in a normal situation, you'd say, okay, what you want to try to do is as good as Morton is defensively, you figure Tyson still got an edge on him in terms of his quickness. You just take him to the rim. The (laughs) problem is you got, you got Frankenstein back there. So exactly that option is not on the table the way that it usually is.
2: All right. Why don't we go over the keys of the game and uh, we'll get out of here. So uh, we'll be back in just a moment with our nudge printing keys of the game.
1: There's no I in team, but there is one in indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great, all right, five keys of the game brought to you by Nudge Printing. Go to nudgeprinting.com
2: for your MSU apparel. All right, so number one, number one key of the game, I mean, no surprise, is Devaney Edie Well, I think we can safely say that it didn't work. <laughs> Everything that State tried just didn't work. He ended up with 38 points, yeah. and, you know.
0: Coming into this game, if you would have asked me, it said, well, can he do what he did again in East Lansing? Well, yeah, I mean, it's possible, but I, I figure he probably won't score quite that much. <laughs> and he didn't have as many rebounds, which is shocking. I think he had 17 in the first yeah. game. What do you have? 12 in this one?
2: 13, but eight of them offensive.
0: Yeah. that He was better. He was better than he was in East yeah. Lansing. And, and, you know, and that's with Michigan State. Throwing more looks, a greater variety of of, um, of defensive approaches at him, uh, he was really good. I mean, I, I you know a few minutes ago, obviously, I was talking about the aesthetics of watching him play. It's not beautiful basketball, let's put it that way, but um, but it's effective, and he knows how to play. I think the single biggest thing that's changed for Zach Eady over previous years is conditioning.
2: Yeah. You play 32 minutes and is effective throughout.
0: Yeah. And he played what 36 in the game at East Lansing. So that yep. means he averaged 34 minutes a game in these two games. If you told me before the season that he would be able to play that many minutes and be this effective, I would have been surprised. Yeah. I figured they would try to edge him up to around 25 or so, which would have been an improvement over the first two years, but they've, they've blown past that. And he, he doesn't fade. I mean, we saw it the game at East Lansing. He hits the game winner. You know, he was still locked in. Um, this game, I didn't detect any noticeable difference in his play between the first half and the second half. Um, one thing I would say about this Michigan State team is they don't have the advantage of being a good transition team the way we normally see. Mm -hmm. And so part of the equation against a Purdue is even if you're not getting baskets out of it to have your bigs, just emptying their gas tank, whoever the Purdue big is by running the floor consistently, just dragging them up and down the floor. That's one of the ways you can have an impact, even if you're not scoring off it. And this Michigan state team just is not there. Yeah. So they don't have they don't have that ability to maybe exact a little more of a toll on on Edie in my opinion, and um, and that plays to his benefit. But hey, look, credit where credits due. He was great.
2: Yeah, it is a cliff drop when he leaves the game though. With between him and Kaufman Wren, that oh sure. Him. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens when he whether it's this year or the next year. But. All right. The number two key to the game was threes. Uh, we also talk, touched on this as well. Michigan State was 50% from three, which is great, but only 10 attempts. So five of 10, not nearly enough. It was the mirror image,
0: yeah. of mirror image of the game at Breslin. Right. Um, Michigan State limited Purdue to 10 attempts from three and Purdue hit four of them. So they shot well, but they just didn't get a lot. Michigan State is going to struggle to win. They're going to struggle to score well enough. Um, in a game where they're only getting five threes, it's something they do well. And it's too important to what this team does. Um, and again, give Purdue a lot of credit for that, but give Michigan state some blame too, because I didn't think that the offense was active enough flowed well enough to generate better looks and more of them. You know? Yeah, this
2: team is not as dependent like, say, at a Penn State in using the three, but they definitely rely on it more than they've
0: uh, – yeah. It has to be part of the equation. It has to be.
2: The next key to the game was mid-range. You know, not as many opportunities here as there were in the first game in East Lansing. Uh, you know, I think we should say State made a decent amount of them, shot well from the game, 48% overall but you know, obviously not enough. And, uh, and I think part of this is a reflection just when you're down double digits or like, you know, especially high double, digits, 15, 16 points. You know, even, when you hit a mid range, you're like, well, I'm just going to give up you know, a layup to Edie on the other end. And so that, that you know, was, the it problem. makes it, it makes yeah, it hard. Psych- you keep trying to get better shots. And sometimes you end up with not much time in the shot clock and you end up having to take a, a mid range that maybe it's not as good as the one you had 10 seconds earlier in the possession.
0: Psychologically it wears on you. Um, I didn't think Michigan State. I'd have to see the shot chart. Uh, anecdotally, I didn't feel Michigan state was as good as they needed to be in the mid range. Um, the overall shooting numbers are good, obviously, but, um, I didn't think they were as effective as they needed to be there. I really did. Um, particularly the stuff involving Edie action with him where, you know, Tyson had some shots early. He just wasn't able to, to get to fall. They were good shots. Yeah. They just didn't fall. Yeah. Um, i was disappointing
2: number four key to the game aj hogard We already pretty much discussed this earlier that better but not good enough
0: yes better in some ways but better in terms of his individual play doing things for himself much better um making others better i didn't think he was good enough maybe that's a good first step
2: for the next game so maybe we can go on that right because he Although sure. Missed that those that pair of free throws. He hit all the other hit the other seven, so he was seven or nine, which is pretty good from the line.
0: Yeah, you know, people made. I, I saw there were stories coming out of the Iowa game where you know he went. Um, yeah, he went right back on the floor and and shot hundred free throws. Uh, man, for, I know he hasn't been as good as he was lately, but free throw shooting is not my problem with AJ Holgarden. That's not where anybody's hang up ought to be. It's that I don't think lately that he's been playing very well overall. Free throw shooting is a small part of
1: that.
2: Yeah. I I feel like it's sort of a reflection of his focus in the game. That the that when he's well, that, could be. that his free throws aren't as, when he's not locked in, he doesn't seem to be quite as locked into the line either. And that's why he was so good early in the season because he was just, you know, locked into the yeah. games. And it, I don't know.
0: It's look, I, if if you want to say a step forward, I don't disagree with that. We'll go with but that. We'll be positive. He's got to be better.
2: <laughs> yeah. And finally, the boards. So, again, uh, I think, yeah. you know, the um, they got a lot of offensive rebounds, Purdue that is, right in that last two minutes. And so, in some ways, it's a little bit skewed. Because it was actually, they were not dominating Michigan State on the offensive boards. It ended up being about a 38% re- offensive rebound percent, which is very good, obviously. Michigan State was only 4%, which I think is not very good. <laughs> they were, and... And you look at the overall um, the overall team numbers. What was it? it was Michigan State had, uh, let's see, Purdue had 20, Michigan State had 26 rebounds and Purdue, or 37, and, oh, 26 to 37. So yeah, they got out-rebounded pretty badly overall too, which is not surprising. And and I think, you know, on top of that, you could almost added a sort of a 5A or 5B is turnovers. And Michigan State had a lot of trouble with a lot of yeah. unforced errors. There were real
0: problems, real problems with that um, 14 to nine. And, you know, if, if you're going to, if you had told me before the game, they're going to get out rebounded on the offensive end by 10, and they're going to have five more turnovers than Purdue. I probably would have come close to calling the margin. (laughs) You produce about 20. Yeah. Yeah, Right. That's your game. Yeah. 15 to 20 in that building. Yeah. Cause I, I knew, you know, you know, going in, well, the odds of Michigan state Just going out and hitting two-thirds of their threes and getting up enough of them for it to matter, you know, anything like that, pretty slim. So if you can't compete, you know, if you look at the game at Breslin, Michigan State rebounded them to a standstill. And I don't think there was much of a differential at all in the turnover category either. Nope. So if you can do those two things, then you've got a shot but they didn't come close. I mean, I, I understand there was a little bit of a flurry that maybe skewed it a little bit on the offensive boards. Michigan State got killed yeah, on the glass. That's the story. As much as anything else in this game, it's that when they could get a miss, when they could generate a miss, Purdue was getting second chances with way too much regularity. And that's just, that's not winning basketball against a good opponent. It's just not. The first game showed, the uh, the blueprint for how you can hang in, and one of the big things you can do is you don't give them second chances. And Michigan State did a much better job of that at Breslin. You also can't kick the ball around. Michigan State really struggled with that today. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty simple story with those two things. I think those are the two big stats. More more so even than Edie's points or. You know, Jenkins hitting some prayers, or you know, any of that stuff. It's turnover differential, rebounding differential. You're just not going to beat them if you do those things,
2: right? And Purdue had ten more field goal attempts, right? I think that tells the story a little bit there too. A team that's already shooting at a high clip, but they're shooting over fifty percent, and getting ten more attempts, you're going <laughs> to was it? Yeah, they had fifty-eight field goal attempts to Michigan State's forty-eight.
0: Oh, field goal attempts. I'm yep. sorry. Yes, yes, correct. I thought you were saying free throw attempts. I knew there wasn't. Man, they had a six free throw advantage there. Yeah. Neither team shot free throws well, though. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's ten more. Ten more scoring attempts from the floor, and then they also have a six free throw attempt edge. That's
2: yeah. You're not gonna win that game. Man, ever. You,
0: you're not gonna win.
2: Unless you're unless it, unless you're playing records who is just truly abysmal shooting the ball with that one game in right. East Lansing, right?
0: Right, and and we know that this uh, again because they've got Zach Eady, we know that their shooting percentage, when it's all said and done, is probably not going to be. I mean, if you get lucky, maybe you could hold them to the low 40s. That would be a good performance, right, right? Right. Against Purdue, you know, but that that obviously wasn't in the cards, especially not when they're playing at home. It's just the odds of that are very very. St-
2: so Michigan State falls to six and five in the Big Ten, but I think it's important to note they're six and five. They're not, I mean, they're probably almost for sure out of the Big Ten championship race, barring an injury to Edie and the Purdue collapsing the last nine yeah. games. I mean, it'd take a minor miracle for that to happen. However, this team has a lot. They're finally, I think, the full complement of players. They have Malik Hall, who's back. And so there's every reason to be optimistic about this team's opportunities in both the Big Ten tournament and then the NCAA tournament. And this next month and a half here. So there's a lot to watch for. There's no reason to be down on this team too much. It was a frustrating game to watch, but you know, again, it's Mackie and that's sort of the way they
0: always are. If you, if you have problems accepting that, just don't watch the games at Mackie because <laughs> odds are, I'm, I'm serious yeah. about that. They're going to be like this. I mean, I've seen great. I've seen the greatest Michigan state teams lose this game. I've seen Big 10 championship Michigan state teams get obliterated by not even very good Purdue teams in the past that's happened. And Purdue's usually good. So they are through it. Yep. To me, this was the, this was the game to get past. And now you take a deep breath. You look at the remaining nine games in the regular season. And your goal is the same as it always is in East Lansing. It is work on us, get better each day, building toward being at your best come tournament time. Absolutely. And that's where they're going to be. I am, I am convinced that we are going to, now what going on a run means, I'm not going to quantify that. They got nine games left. Um, I think five of them are on the road four at home. Correct. Um, but I would submit, the road games are not akin to what they've played already. Let's keep in mind, they've already been, even if you say, well, coal center, isn't what coal center normally is this year. Cause Wisconsin is down. Okay. Um, they've already been to Mackey. They've already been to Champaign Urbana. They've already been to Bloomington. Those are all off the table. So what's left. You're going to Rutgers, but it's at Madison square garden not the rack. If it was the rack, I'd be worried Yep. at Madison Square Garden. Hey, Michigan State can lose it. Absolutely. They can lose it. Rutgers is a good team and you know, it's Michigan State's traveling, but that's a better equation for Michigan State. Um, Columbus is next. They go, they go to Ohio State. Ohio State is three and seven in the league right now. And that building, historically, although certainly Michigan State has lost in it, that's a building that I do not rate among the tougher ones to play in this conference, even when Ohio State's good. And they're not good right now. Yeah. Um, young guards, It's yeah, th- there's an opportunity there. At Chrysler, Michigan has, Michigan's yeah. not going to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to say that.
2: It's been called here. Decis- on the Final four is on the schedule.
0: <laughs> decisively after today, they went to Penn state and got absolutely tattooed. They were down by, I think as much as 30. I think they ended up losing by 20 some, but um, they, they're not going to the NCAA tournament. And again, that's a building that, although certainly Michigan's capable of rising up and winning a game like that, that's not a building that strikes fear in your heart the way like the one they played in today no no it just doesn't no at iowa ditto good team ish um you know capable certainly of beating you there but is a game at iowa one that just you run from screaming no and then at nebraska i would submit all five of these games considering that the one is at Madison square garden, not the rack do not match the caliber overall, what Michigan state has faced in the, over the first 11 games of big 10 play it's weaker. Yeah. How much weaker and how much of a difference does that make? That remains to be seen. But I feel much more optimistic about that stretch. And then your home games, what have you got? You got Minnesota at home. Wow. I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) You got Maryland at home. Maryland's okay at best. I don't like Maryland's odds of coming into Breslin and getting a win. Um, Indiana and Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State we've talked about. And then Indiana. Indiana's certainly a good team. But at home, I I like Michigan State's chances of hanging in there. Now, again, I'm not saying, oh, I'm going to run the table, win all nine of those. But you look at those nine games in totality. And again, the spacing between them also matters. It, it feels to me like Michigan state is ready to go on a run. Now, whether that means they win six out of nine, seven out of nine, I don't know, but I I think, I think they're going to go on a little bit of a run. I really do. It's
2: not, it's not impossible to imagine 15. I mean, they could win all nine. It's not impossible. Could. Yeah.
0: I'm not going to call that. (laughs) No, <laughs> they haven't, not after they this haven't game. demonstrated <laughs> yeah. when I, when I say, I think they're ready to go on a run. That doesn't mean that I'm confident that they've become, um, a, a, uh, a tremendous team, but yeah, the fact is you don't look at any of those the way I looked at today and said, well, it's not a non-zero chance of a win, but odds are pretty slim. You know, there's none of those left, none of those left that you view that way. It's, it's, this is, this is a chance to win a lot of games, but just as importantly, to start getting better as you build into March. And, and that's what really matters most of all, um, for this team, you know, that you want to be peaking at the right time. And I think that the opportunities are there. You know, if you can get on that kind of role and you win a lot of games, your confidence is going to increase. It will mean that you've played better basketball because you're winning those games. And, um, and then they should be rolling into March, feeling good about themselves. And look in a year like this one, <laughs> I, I looked at games yesterday. Everybody's talking about Alabama, some great team. They go into Oklahoma. who's very mediocre probably almost certainly not an NCAA tournament team and Alabama got handled. Yeah. I mean, handled, um, you know, you just go up and down the country and other than Purdue, you know, my mind is still not changed. I don't think they're a juggernaut. I think they're a good team. Um, but I think they're very vulnerable in some ways and we'll find out if somebody out there has the equation on the right day to take them out, but, Um, it's open, it's wide open. And so are there opportunities for Michigan state yet this season to make this a memorable one, 100%. Yep. Totally. I feel so much better about this team, even though the records are not massively different than I did at this time last year and definitely two years ago, it's a different thing, right? I mean, last year you're looking at, and you
2: saw danger signs all over. Right. Well, like you saw that dysfunction and you're like, there's there are all these sort of glaring problems. This team is just like, you know, we just gotta A get healthy and then yep. and then sort of get used to playing together and you know, produce just a weird team and just you face him twice in four games at or five games or whatever. It it makes it they're just a super crazy matchup
0: in just for everybody. And and so Yeah, and for and for Michigan State in particular, you know, if you're if you're Indiana, you you probably look at Purdue a little differently because you say okay, we have a guy who hopefully can cause Edie to work yeah in TJD, you know even Michigan, I think the fact that Michigan was able to be competitive with Purdue is in part down to the fact that they do have somebody like Dickinson who at least has a chance physically, you know Edie didn't dominate that game um for Purdue. so, it it hits michigan state at a at a particular spot on their roster where they are not their strongest you know and i think that's part of the part of the reason why it is it's a rough matchup in particular you yeah. know absolutely all right we'll
2: we'll uh, hang it up there i think and i'd like to uh Tease a little bit. We're going to have Graham Couch. He's going to return, and we're going to, in a couple of days. We're going to, in this little break, mini break, we're going to discuss the Big Ten at the turn, although it's eleven games in, and sort of what we think as far as teams that are doing better than expected, Northwestern, and teams that aren't, like Ohio State, and a bunch of things about Michigan State, obviously. So make sure you check that out. If you have not yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, we do have these shows on video which is mainly just an audio thing. Although the, our interviews, we have actual video f- faces and stuff. And so I would encourage you to check that out. Go to, it's youtube.com slash at T-F-F-I-N-O-T-S. So Tiffnuts. Nuts. Uh, and I think that's probably it. So we'll see you then. And until next time, the final four is not on the schedule. Go green. <laughs>